Dr. Brian Maggard, Raging Cajun Athletic Director. You know, this, is, this culminates, and I think you'll agree with me, the most bizarre football season we have ever seen. Um, and yet, through it all, uh, this program, this team has uh, persevered. There was one game that you had to cancel because of COVID issues. That was against Central Arkansas. Um, but you've met that this team has managed to stay relatively healthy as far as COVID-19 is concerned. And, and here you are on the precipice of perhaps the second straight double-digit win season, the first ever outright Sunbelt Conference championship. And dare I say it, with just one other thing happening, maybe a trip to Atlanta, Georgia on New Year's Day. It's pretty spectacular, isn't it? It's, no, it's uh, crazy when, when you think about it. But uh, to your first point, you know, I, I applaud so many people uh, for the success we've had this year, uh, both on and off the field. And, and by off, I mean with, with COVID. You know, our sports medicine staff, um, really headed up by Travis Swallow and Pat Richards, have done a fantastic job in educating, monitoring, and, and really just walking our, our football program through this uh, amazing pandemic. And then uh, the success that Coach Napier and his staff uh, have created and led the team through on the field is nothing short of spectacular. So very proud of what we've all accomplished here. You know, I'm sitting here looking at your stat sheet and, you know, to, to see it's the number 17th ranked team versus the number 9th ranked team playing for the Sun Belt Championship is, is pretty special in itself. It is pretty special because you've had not one but two teams that have had just outstanding seasons you know you uh the cajuns opened the season against a team that's playing for the big 12 championship this coming saturday coastal just a couple of weeks ago had a, a victory over a previously undefeated byu and so so both both programs have had great success mm -hmm. this year and uh with a victory by either team they'll be able to say we beat two ranked teams uh during the season and and this league is, uh, has come a long way, obviously, and there are a lot of folks that, yeah, but if it hadn't been for – well, you know, I don't, I don't know that. All, all I know is you got one team's 11-0, the other team is 9-1, and one, and there could be a great big carrot at the end of this. You know you're going to a bowl game, but here we are in December and talking about the possibility of the winner of this game playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. That's exactly right, and it's just something that, you know, if you were to put most people in a room a year ago and uh, and said that, I'm not sure how many takers you would have had. But, uh, again, credit to Coastal Carolina. What a great season they've had. And certainly I go back to when uh, I first met with Billy Napier in person. You know, it was in a hotel room in Atlanta uh, during his interview, and we both talked about the opportunity for this program to be uh, the highest ranked group of five program in America. Both believe that you could do that, given your geographical footprint, the resources that we felt we could put into this program and certainly having the right leader at the helm of that football team. And in uh, just three short years, we're, we're proving ourselves right. You know, I remember when former Commissioner Carl Benson first uh, got this job, and of course he had been the commissioner of the Western Athletic Conference uh, before that, and he started talking about the next Boise State is right here in front of us. And, and I really think 
when he first said that, and this was in 2012, there were some folks who said, well, yeah, you know, it's commissioner speak, it's whatever it is. You know, but here, but here we are. Uh, and the, the thought of the fact that, uh, you know, need probably a little bit of help uh, from, uh, from Tulsa, but, you know, the, the winner of this game could be playing on New Year's Day. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't know how to act. I, I, I almost don't know how to act coming up Saturday at uh, playing for a championship over in, uh, over in Conway. But it is something that, you know, those of us that remember nine wins in a five-year period uh, many, many years ago, to talk about this possibility is really, uh, you know, I, I think there are a lot of folks back then, if you'd have said that this would happen 20 years later, even 20 years later, they'd have laughed at you. Yeah, you know, it's funny It's funny you say that because, I one, we would show you how to act if we get there, right? We'll, right. We'll, we'll bring you along, Jay. I promise Thank you, you that. Thank you. I appreciate but, uh, that. Appreciate that. You know, it's... Uh, I go back, I've been blessed in my 30-year career now to, to experience, you know, many uh, high-level bowl games and got to watch and participate in, you know, Big 12 championship games, SEC championship games. And, uh, you know, this game on Saturday is going to be as every bit as big. And there's a reason why ESPN moved this, moved this game to 2.30 Central Time and put it on the flagship station. Uh, I think they know very well what they have in this matchup. I think there's going to be well over a million viewers watching this game and on Saturday. And, uh, again, just a great opportunity for both programs and, and the conference as a whole. But as I've talked to so many people uh, leading up to this game here, what, what our football program has done for the university as a whole in terms of elevating the profile of the whole university, you can't put a value on that. You cannot. And certainly we've elevated our own, our own profile as an athletics department and a football team. But this has elevated the profile of the entire university. And, you know, we've, we've established ourselves of who we are, the University of Louisiana. And uh, our plan is to, get to continue to do that. And we have to sustain this success. We have not achieved all of our goals. We know that a win Saturday will certainly achieve, I think, the number one goal of the, of the program, and that's to win the conference championship. And then wherever the cards, you know, end up, so be it. But I'm with you. I'll be uh, cheering for the Golden Hurricane pretty crazily on uh, Friday night. Yeah, and, and, you know, we'll just hope, hopefully things will work out, but they don't work out your way unless you win the football game. That's so right. that's got to be the number gotta one take care of right now. That's, that's right. it. That's right. You know, I've, I've known you now for the better part of three years, and you've always struck me as a guy who's, you know, usually pretty cool. You admitted to me two weeks ago in Boone, North Carolina, that you were pretty nervous prior to the game against Appalachian State. First time I've heard you say that. Um, it must, because of the fact that you had nerves before the game, that must have made uh, that game just that much more satisfying. At least it looked that way when I saw you after the game. It was. You know, I think uh, it didn't take long for the, the wet and the cold to overcome any nerves that any of us might have had. But, uh, you know, I was nervous on a number of fronts, not so much about you know, just winning or losing the game, but just about the opportunity, right? We, you know, we've, I think we're 0 and 5 going against that team leading up to 0 and 8. 0 and 8. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess in my, right. in my right. career. Right. In my career. There. Yes. And, and so, you know, I, I was nervous for and about the opportunity. Uh, I knew that the guys were locked in. Coach had 
told me that on a number of occasions that he felt really, really good about the team going into that game. But again, it's it's App State, and what an amazing program, you know, they have. You look across the field every time you play them, and that's a team that's 15 years in the making. Sure, it really is. And so what Coach Napier has done here in three years, I, I just go back to it. It's nothing short of spectacular, and very proud of him, the staff, the team, and and all of Cajun Nation. Happy for because that win was a long time coming. Were you cold? I was quite chilly. You know, you you were welcome to come across the way and yeah. visit with us if you wanted I, to. You know, it was. But, uh, but I saw what your. Yeah, uh, it was fun. Yeah, I, I saw where, where where they had you, and I said, I said, dude, it's going to be cold. <laughs> it was fun though. All right, it's well, worth it. Worth every bit of it. You know, it'll, it'll, winning makes you warm. Winning helps. <laughs> winning is fun, and winning helps all ailments. All right, let, let's talk a little bit about what happens after Saturday. Um, you know, the, the Sun Belt Conference has announced three of their um, affiliated bowls have been, uh, have been filled now. Georgia Southern has accepted a bid to the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, and they will play Louisiana Tech. Um, you've got Myrtle Beach, which will be filled by Appalachian State. They will play the University of North Texas. And um, then you also have uh, Georgia State that's going to play in the Lending Tree Bowl. Uh, in Mobile. And do we have their opponent? Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky. That's right. That's right. So that leaves, as far as affiliated bowls are concerned, Orlando and Montgomery. The Cure Bowl, um, where the Cajuns played uh, two years ago, and the Camellia Bowl, where the Cajuns have never played. Uh, the Cure is the day after Christmas, and uh, the Camellia Bowl is Christmas Day. <sighs> Commissioner Gill today in, um, in a rare meeting with the, with the media, said that it wasn't 100% done that it had to be those two bowl games. Right. That there was a possibility, depending on if any, anybody else opted out or, or whatever, that there might be another bowl opportunity. But let's make believe that that doesn't transpire. Is it safe to say that if the Cajuns aren't playing in Atlanta, they're probably playing in Montgomery? Not necessarily. I think what's safe to say uh, is that, um, but again, all this is still subject to change. Right? Subject so, to change. Right. But, but, but that's I, I what we do. I think do. it's safe to say that the winner of our game uh, could end up in Orlando and the runner-up could end up in Montgomery. Okay. So it's possible. But, if, if, but if, if, if the Cajuns were to win and UAB wins, one, it's unlikely there'll be a rematch. Right. And UAB is scheduled to go to Orlando. Marshall. 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 To play right. in Conference USA. So, again, likely, not definitive, but certainly possible that the Sunbelt champion will be matched up against the CUSA champ and the runners-up will be matched up. So it's not going to be a MAC team in the, uh, uh, in the no. Camellia? No. Okay. More than likely not. But again, everything is a little bit subject to change still. But as we speak here, what we just talked about is a distinct possibility. Okay. So, at, um, wow. And, that, and that's, that's some new news because everything that I had read had the Camellia Bowl against a team from the Mid-America Conference. But now you're telling me that both, both bowls are going to have a Conference USA team. It's very possible. Very possible. Both bowls. So not, not definitive. Not definitive. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I guess if I were a betting person then, I would say that if the Cajuns aren't playing Georgia, 
or Florida that they're probably playing Marshall if you're not if they're not going to play UAB again. It's very possible. Okay, that's right. That's right. Can't. Nothing is definitive. That's right. <clears throat> you know, I, I actually talked to the commissioner on my drive in to work this morning, and we were just kind of going through the bowl scenarios, and and he was very quick to point out to me that you know there's this kind of established path that we just talked about, but there's always veers, right? right. And so it, it, again, it would not surprise us if ESPN puts all of the championship game participants in a pool and then from there, you know, does some divvying up. And so let's say Cincinnati wins their game and they go to the Peach Bowl. Uh, if the Cajuns or whoever wins our game, we could very well end up somewhere else outside of one of our five bowls. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a possibility. But so, we may very well stay with the five aligned bowls. And, and, and I guess on Sunday... So We're going to get an answer yep. to all yep. of that, and it probably won't be any closer to being a reality <laughs> until we see it on Sunday. That's right. That's exactly right. But, you know, I, I think from a, at least a mindset standpoint, you know, we're thinking that, uh, again, if it's not a trip to Atlanta, then uh, we could either be in Orlando or Montgomery. Now, you know, we keep saying Atlanta, okay? And, and the bull projections do have the G5 representative going to the Peach Bowl. But with the games involving at-large teams in both Atlanta and Dallas, is the Cotton Bowl a possibility here? I don't think so. Not for the group of five. Okay. Uh, Top-ranked team. I think it's the Peach Bowl. All right. I mean, And I'm okay with that because, first of all, it's a New Year's Day Bowl. The other one's two days before. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, when you say a New Year's Six, you always think New Year's Day. Yeah. And uh, since the national semifinals are going to be played later that night, Peach Bowl will be a nice lead into yeah. that. And if memory serves, I believe the Cotton Bowl hosted the uh, the top group of five school last year with Memphis, correct? Didn't Memphis play in the Cotton Bowl? I believe that's yeah. correct, yeah. So it's, it's the Peach Bowl this year. All right. When we return, we're going to talk uh, a little bit more about uh, the, this season, what, what happens uh, after this game and... Some other things as well with uh, Athletic Director Dr. Brian Maggard. Billy Napier, Raging Cajun head football coach, will be here at the bottom of the hour. This is Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back, everybody, to Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier. Dr. Brian Maggard, Raging Cajun Athletic Director, is going to be, uh, not is going to be, is my guest <laughs> here this evening. Uh, Billy Napier will be in, uh, in uh, just a little bit. We have been talking about the uh, 2020 football season. I, I want to shift gears for just a second because, of course, the basketball season has begun. It has already been affected by the pandemic. The first two games were canceled. Uh, the Cajuns suddenly were able to pick one up uh, in Las Vegas against the number one team in the country. Um, the game with VCU, it's been announced, is not going to happen. McNeese is coming in on Saturday. <laughs> so... Uh, it's already been affected, but the but the league does have a plan as far as conference play is concerned, which begins January 1st, and uh, it's been done to minimize travel uh, and uh, keep folks kind of in one place as much as possible, and I think most people know what that conference schedule looks like. So many people, of course, because of where we are, and what our teams are like are asking what, what's going on in the spring. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, it has, it, has the, it been figured out 
what you're going to do about season tickets because you normally will sell many times more season tickets than seats that you're going to have available this that's year. That's right. That's right. And it's unfortunate, you know, that we are going to be impacted by capacity limitations this year, you know, given the, 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 the preseason expectations for both programs, right? And with Coach Deggs in his second year and the excitement that's built around that program and certainly what Jerry Glasgow is doing uh, in, in softball, it's, again, it's just... <clears throat> a lot of buzz and excitement around our, our diamond sports. But as we've communicated with our <clears throat> season ticket holders from last year already is what you're looking at is, is two different packages of uh, 15 games as season tickets, right? So the most somebody, again, a, a non-premium seat holder. So if you're in a suite, a loge box, or a patio box, you'll have access to, to all games because you're on a contract with right. us. But everybody else will have access uh, to to either of the season ticket packages. I think once we're calling it Vermilion and White, the Vermilion package in baseball, for example, is 15 games. White is 16, and they've been balanced out, you know, from a from a quality standpoint. And so that way, we'll be able to accommodate twice as many people, even given the limitations we have. There was a report by Kendall Rogers at D1 Baseball just a couple of days ago that, that so far the Sunbelt Conference kind of is, is in a wait-and-see mode as far as what they're going to do with the baseball season, waiting specifically to see what's going to happen with the Southeastern Conference of the Big 12, which um, when you look at the teams in the league, a lot of them play non-conference games against, uh, against those two. That as of right now, You'd love to play a complete schedule. That, of course, could change depending on what the other leagues decide to do and, and, and you know, how we are with the, the pandemic and vaccinations and, and everything else. But the fact that they're still thinking about playing a full schedule, at least in baseball, I think is great. What about softball? What is, what's been the discussion there? Exact same. Yeah. You know, and I would just tell you we are all in a wait-and-see mode. It's not just the Sun Belt. You know, the, the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC, everybody's in a wait-and-see mode. We're not, no, nobody's in too big of a hurry to make a decision yet. We know we have time leading up to, to February. And so, quite honestly, you know, a change, if it were to even happen, may not happen until right before the season starts. But uh, at some point, I think we'll have a good idea of what we'll be able to do. Uh, because if you do end up having to canceling uh, uh, non-conference games, there'll probably be a scurry to backfill those with more conference games. Well... We will uh, continue that wait-and-see right. attitude. Just At some point in time, right. we'll find out. I, right. You know, after, after what um, Coach Deggs and Coach Glasgow and his student-athletes had to go through last year, right. I just hope we get we to play. We just want to play ball. That's we right. just want to play. We have to play each, if, each uh, conference foe if, if, if three, De five, if, three look, to five if, times. We'll do it. it. And if Deggs has to play Glasgow, that's fine, too. You know what? That's we, fine, too. But listen, that could be a big draw. Boy, would it be a draw. Boy, would it be a draw. I don't know if... Our guys could hit any of those I don't know pitchers. if they could either, but uh, it'd be fun to watch. It certainly would. Maybe, Dr. A, maybe a charity game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hey, whatever you got to do to raise money, right? Amen. I, uh, I appreciate your time this evening, Dr. Maggard, and uh, coming by to uh, visit. I know that, uh, you know, when we get on that plane to, uh, to head to Conway at some point in time, you and I will look at each other and admit that we're nervous, but that's okay. That's all right. There's nothing uh, wrong being nervous. Nervous excitement is a good thing, and... Uh, my understanding is that um, on the on the plane, the two seats next to Coach Napier have been reserved for the championship trophy. Perfect. And um, 
we can all take turns posing with it. Let's make sure we fill those seats uh, with that trophy. But again, just very proud of what this team has accomplished. I, I can't say enough, you know, given all the, the obstacles that we've all been through, right? Um, what uh, Coach Napier has led this program to and through is very, very admirable. Raging Cajun Athletic Director Dr. Brian Maggard has been our guest. Coach Napier is in the house. We're going to turn our attention to Raging Cajun uh, football and his thoughts about the championship game this weekend. We're at Pete's on Johnston Street. It is Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier, special edition from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back, everybody. Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier and Agent Cajuns. We'll be heading to Myrtle Beach, actually, is where you fly into. Conway's about 10 miles away. And uh, they'll be taking on the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers for the Sunbelt Conference uh, Football Championship. And Raging Cajun head coach Billy Napier uh, joins us now. Does this one feel different? I mean, this is your third straight trip to the conference championship. Does this one feel a little different to you, or does it feel about the same? Well, um, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I really like what I've seen from our team uh, here as of late. You know, I think, um, you know, last year I felt like we were fading a little bit uh, heading into the championship game. You know, we, um, South Alabama, ULM, um, we were just in a little bit different place. You know, I've been really impressed with our team last week, even today. Um, you know, we're kind of going in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I just, I'm very thankful for the staff we have and the players that we have. You know, you get you see all these examples of teams opting out, players opting out. You know, we haven't had one situation like that. We got a group that shows up every day and got a smile on their face, enjoy being around each other. And, you know, we found a way to play good enough to get into this situation. Uh, we're thankful for it. And, um, uh, you know, it's been a wild ride, I'll say that. You know, you bring up a good point because everybody around the country has had to deal with a bunch of stuff. I mean, the University of Washington announced today they're not going to be able to play in the Pac-12 championship because they, because they have COVID issues. We have seen uh, games uh, in the Deep South get uh, canceled, not rescheduled, but canceled. In the Sun Belt Conference, you're going to have one conference game that doesn't get played, and it was the one scheduled for this Thursday between Troy and ULM. So just the fact that you played a complete conference schedule yeah. is is just amazing. While it's been different this year, I got to say, in our league and in this program, it was about as close to normal as it could yeah. be. You know, you had one game that was moved on sure. you, and then a, another game that you had to cancel. Other than that, it's kind of been a normal yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, I think really what we've seen is uh, we had two kind of bumps in the road. You know, when we started school, uh, we had a, we had to solve that problem, right? We had a two, three, four incidences there for a couple weeks, and then we kind of figured out what we needed to do to solve that problem. Uh, then we ran into Halloween and homecoming, you know, and uh, I think that was a little bit of a bump in the road. Um, and then we kind of settled in here a couple weeks in a row here. We've been at zero. So, um, you know, we're, we've got a couple more rounds of testing to go here, but you know, right now we're, we're in good shape, uh, in that regard. So, 
Um, you know, I think a lot of credit goes to the protocols that were put in place. You know, I go back all the way to the beginning. If if I could, if I had a nickel for every conversation that I had with Pat Richards, our head athletic trainer, in the spring and in the summer, and um, you know, we just, you know, Pat did a terrific job. You know, the local health professionals that helped out, Travis Swallow, uh, the the leadership on campus. Um, you know, there's so many people were involved in how all those things were put into place. Uh, and then you got the player element, the human element. They've got to buy in. You know, they've got to decide that they're going to be loyal to their teammates and committed to protecting the people that are at risk. Um, and they've done that. You know, I, I've got a lot of respect for this group of young people on our team. They, they, uh, they've impressed me. So... You had the beginning of school, you had um, Halloween, and you had homecoming. Which one got you? Yeah, I think it was uh, Halloween and homecoming right in there. You know, um, the weekend we played South Alabama, that's when we saw, you know, maybe the result of that. You know, I think after Halloween on campus, our people would tell you, hey, that we saw a student spike, and then all of a sudden, here comes homecoming, a lot of people coming in from outside, you know different mixes of people and then that's where you get to spread so um you know kick my butt for about two days or so and then you know you gradually you'll get a little bit better you know if you didn't even know what COVID-19 was you'd think you had a little flu bug and you'd be right back at it but because you're aware of it uh and it's uh, you know something you gotta um make good choices and decisions and do what's right relative to the people that are at risk. Um, So, uh, but in general, you know, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful we can continue to stay safe and hopefully this vaccine's on the way. I got to, I got to, I got to follow up with another personal question. You know, you wound up having to isolate not only from your football team, but you've got a wife and three young kids. And, and you had to kind of isolate from them, too, because, you know, the last thing you want is for the rest of sure. your family to, to come down. How hard was that? Not, it was hard. It, not only for yeah. you, but, you know, for the three kids that want to go sit on daddy's lap and, you know, and for, for Allie, who now has to, you know, kind of do it all yeah. herself. That, that had to have been a, a difficult time. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I don't wish it on anybody. You know, you mean, you're, I'm, I'm in the people business, right? I mean, I'm around people all the time. Uh, whether it's my family or our staff and the team. So having to go be by yourself for for a while wasn't fun, you know. So uh, we made it work. Uh, you know, after you get over the sickness, that's probably the worst part, you know, as you're, you're itching to get back at it. But you got to, you know, you got to set up shop, be by yourself until you hit that window of time where you can go back at it. So. How did uh, how did you eat during that time? Somebody, you know, yeah, put a, a lot tray, of a lot of waiter, a lot of waiter. Uh, you know, a lot of I had one little grocery run in the beginning. You know, Troy Winger set me up. I stayed in a little Airbnb here locally. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, you know, Troy um, took care of me, so it was fine. I mean, it wasn't an issue. You know, our video people set up the video. We had a computer set up for all the virtual meetings. Uh, I was just batching it up for a little while there. All right. Well, you know, the good news is, uh, everybody got through it and everybody's healthy and that's a very good thing. 
we will turn our attention to the business at hand because there's business to take care of this coming Saturday in Conway, South Carolina as Louisiana takes on the ninth-ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers for the Sunbelt Conference Championship. We'll talk a little bit about the first meeting and what's different this time around. It's Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier from Pete's on Johnston and Learfield IMG College. Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier continues here at uh, Pete's on Johnston. You know, with, with the Raging Cajun women uh, playing uh, on the road this evening, um, I want to say thanks to Brandon Como, the brand manager of KPL 96.5 FM, for allowing us to have uh, some time on his radio station this evening on the FM dial to bring you this show. So our thanks to uh, Brandon for that and our engineer, Matt Golston, for uh, making it all work out from a logistical standpoint to where we could still do the show from here and people could hear it in the restaurant. Had to do a little work to make that happen. Appreciate those guys. Okay. Coastal Carolina will be the opponent. Um... There is, there's a lot that's different this time around. And first, and part of it's from a, from a personnel standpoint. Farad Gardner did not play uh, in the game the first time around. Isaiah Likely, who's going to likely be the first team all-conference tight end, a second leading receiver on their team, did not play uh, in that game. Um, it was the fourth game of the season, and I think both teams have had some players that have grown up a little bit since then. Um, specifically for Coastal, their, their, uh, their quarterback, uh, Carson McCall, has had just an outstanding season. And for you, it's your bevy of wide receivers uh, the, that were very inexperienced early in the year. So, yeah, the two teams have played, but it's, but it's different this time around. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. I mean, we, we both have a much bigger history, a lot bigger body of work. Um, you know, early in the year, you're really figuring out who you are. You know, I think um, one thing I would say about Coastal is they've been a very consistent team. You know, they've executed at a high level for basically the entirety of the year. They found lots of different ways to win. Um, you know, they're first in our league in uh, total offense, scoring offense, total defense, and scoring defense. So this is uh, – uh, and and I think they're really good in the kicking game too. So um, – they, they present a number of challenges. You know, I think the quarterback is where you start. He's made them different, and uh, they've got good personnel. They've got some unique uh, matchup players. The tight end that you mentioned who didn't play is one of the best players in our league. Uh, and then the running backs are, you know, they've got two or three just like we do. So I've been impressed. Uh, we've seen them a lot in crossover film, and, you know, they're playing complimentary ball. You know, Jamie's done a really good job with their team. They're much improved. You know, this was a team that got picked to finish last in their division uh, by the media and the coaches, and uh, he's gotten a lot out of them. You know, you go all the way back to the offseason. They got a full spring practice. You know, they got 15 practices in before COVID-19. Uh, they've added some pieces to the puzzle, uh, some transfers, some junior college players. Uh, and then certainly got a couple guys back from injury that were out last year. So uh, it's a good-looking football team and certainly a well-coached team. They have, um, you know, we, we sit here and talk about where this program has come in three years. This is their third year playing FBS football. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, you know, they were, it was, it was in 2016 
that they had a stadium that sat 7,900 people. And, mm. and in order to join the Sunbelt Conference, they had to add seats. They had to do some remodeling just to get accepted into the league. Sure. And now here they are in the, in the position that they're in. That's what I'm kind of loving about this is you got two programs that three years ago, <laughs> if people were talking yeah. about them, they probably weren't saying anything good. Yeah, no, I, we went out there and played last year. Man, it's an impressive place, you know. Uh, beautiful campus, certainly in a great area. Um, you know, they've done a great job with that stadium. You know, it's it's a beautiful place. Um, you know, you could see how you could recruit and evaluate there and have a good football team. You know, I think where they're located. I mean, reality is the Sunbelt Conference is a miniature version of the SEC. I mean, it's it's Texas to the Carolinas. Um, the teams are spread out. You know, we don't have Mississippi team, but that's the only difference. You know, everywhere else there's uh, good football teams. And I think in the Carolinas you, you can evaluate, recruit, and put together a good roster. Um, I think their administration has invested in it, and uh, Coach Chadwell's done a really good job, um, you know, putting this team together. Joe Mowgli is an interesting guy. You know, he is the, uh, he is the CEO of the football program. Um, in, uh, in their first year in the, in the Sun Belt, uh, coach was on uh, medical leave and, and Jamie Chadwell was the, um, was the acting head coach or interim head coach. He came back, um, for a year and then said, okay, I'm done with that. And then Jamie has stepped back in. Um, but here's a guy who, um, you never have to worry about, do you need to bring a roast to his house because he's hungry? I mean, he was the chairman of the board of TD Ameritrade, decides he wants to be a football coach, and now he's, like, heading up the program even though he doesn't do yeah. any coaching. Sure. Uh, it's an interesting setup that they have over yeah. there, and it's worked for them. No, I, I, I like Joe. Um, I had a chance to be around him a little bit uh, at the, you know, the SBC meetings in the springtime, uh, media day, those types of events, and uh, I think – Joe's a good person. I think he's got good intentions. I think the way they put that thing together, what he was trying to teach young young people, he's about the right things. You know, I think he's in football for the right um, reasons. Uh, but certainly, what they've been able to do, you know, the facility they built, the stadium, um, you know, being at the Group of Five level and now being a contender, you know. So uh, I don't think I think if anything, they're they're kind of you know, headed in the right direction and are capable of growing and becoming even better going forward. The commissioner today, uh, in one of his rare uh, press conferences, um, said that he felt like the two teams uh, in our league, speaking about Coastal Carolina and Louisiana, probably, in his opinion at least, have better resumes than the team that's sitting ahead of uh, these two teams in the, uh, in the group of five in the college football playoff standings. Well, you know, the committee probably didn't listen to that press conference, and they'll make another vote tomorrow night. But, uh, you know, there could be a big pot of gold at the end of this rainbow uh, if, if you come up with a win on Saturday because the possibility exists. And, and you know, the team may be an underdog uh, in that game, but the possibility exists if, if you win and Tulsa upset Cincinnati that things could be very peachy for this football program. Yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, that's out there, you know, and certainly those, it's hy hypothetical, you know, I think we, 
you could spend all day talking about what can could happen. And we but, do. Uh, that's yeah, what we do. Yeah, sure. we're, we're, we're the media. That's uh, what we do. But, you know, I think we, we've got business at hand here. You know, I think I uh, just got off the field. You know, we're in the middle of this prep. Um, you know, and and that's what we've got to really zero in on from my perspective. I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, I do think um, I kind of agree with Commissioner Gill. Um, I know Jamie probably feels the same way I do. You know, we'll play Cincinnati, you know. Um, I know Jamie probably feels the same way, you know. But I think uh, the, the Sun Belt is improving. You know, I think it's, it's proved its worth um, – over time you know i mean the, you talk about the record against power five opponents you talk about our record against crossover group of five teams um you know this this league is uh it's a good league and certainly good coaches and good personnel and it's proved it you know it, the proof's in the pudding well and you've already had um gosh you, you had three openings in the league two of them already have been filled so you're going to welcome new coaches into the league that have some pretty good pedigrees and of course, they'll uh, they'll make a decision on, on what happens uh, three hours north of here. But this league obviously has taken some strides this year, uh, especially at the top of the league. And when I say the top of the league, I'm not just talking about your team mm-hmm. and 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 Coach Chadwell's team. You know, uh, if you look at some of the other teams uh, in this league, there are a lot of teams that have. T- Georgia State, I think, took a very big step yeah. forward uh, yeah. this year. They're, they're a uh, a much better team than they were. Uh, Troy is uh, going to finish at five and six, but I think they're better than they were uh, a year ago. We see teams getting better. Sure. Texas State's better. South Alabama is better, even though they made a change. Yeah. So neither of these teams is going to be able to j- just sit back and say, "Yeah, okay, we run this league," because uh, because there <laughs> no. there are some folks who really want to kind of be like you and are yeah, willing no. to work to do it. Yeah, I think it, it's exciting to me. Um, it's unfortunate for those guys that, um, you know, are in those seats, you know, but I think it's, it's a part of the profession. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go to work on those staffs that they put together, you know, like we do every year. Um, every year you're going to have a couple new coaches. Um, you know, you start over every year. Right now we're in the middle of 2020, and, you know, when this one's done, we'll take a little bit of a break and then we'll crank it back up, you know, and start from scratch in January. One of the things that um, that didn't happen after your first year but did happen last year and it's happened uh, to an extent, well, at least in one situation so far this year, is attrition on your coaching staff. And congratulations because that means your team's being successful yeah. and your program is good because that's why they want, that's sure. why they want your sure. guys. Um, but how, how, how tough is that, though? When you put something together, you lose a guy, you lose an important guy. You lost a coordinator last sure. year. And and so how difficult is that? Do you like – I know athletic directors, you open up their desk drawer, mm-hmm. and they've got every sport, and they got a list of potential mm-hmm. coaches. Do you do the same thing as a head coach? Yeah, yeah we do. Um, I've got a young man on my staff that's in charge of that, you know, and uh, we've got a spreadsheet, you know, every position in our entire organization, you know, just in terms of – um, we're always trying to identify talent, you know, um, and certainly you got to be prepared. You know, I think last year we lost Ron Roberts, uh, defensive coordinator, Matt Powell, his special teams coordinator, um, and we had to go out and get new people. You know, we were able to promote with them with Patrick, and we hired 
Robbie Disher has done an exceptional job um, as a special teams coordinator. Um, you know, Austin Armstrong, we, we just hired from Georgia last year. Now he's going to be a defensive coordinator at Southern Miss and uh, certainly very capable and deserving. And, you know, I mean, we'll regroup here. And, um, you know, I think the big thing here is we're fortunate that the administration has given us resources to go hire good people and we can be competitive. So um, we'll have a plan, you know, and, and certainly Coach Looney's position is, you know, we haven't filled that yet as well. So. Um, we've had some guys on our staff step up and do a really good job in DJ's place. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll put the puzzle together again. You know, I, I think it's just the way I see it is you just start over every year, right? I mean, you're going to have a new staff, uh, new, new players, new leaders, new rookies, and you assume nothing and you start over, you know. Uh, that's what I love about it, you know. And I almost enjoy that part as much as – this time of the year. So these two teams are at the top of the league in turnover margin. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a critical turnover in the, in the game against Coastal the first time around. The other thing that y- I, that you talk about a lot is undisciplined penalties. Mm-hmm. You know, as as evenly matched as these teams are, you know, folks may not want to hear about turnovers and penalties because that's not yeah that's not uh romantic if you sure, will sure but this game just might come down to that yeah no i i think uh, if you look at the last game closely third down was huge right i mean um they they stayed on the field and they got us off the field um and we shot ourselves in the foot we did have penalties that caused us to have to punt the ball we did have a turnover um you know, I think what I've tried to tell the team is we played that game, we learned from that game, and then we move forward after that game. Um, so I think we did a lot of reflection and evaluation after that. Um, and then we we went back to work. You know, I think each week trying to develop plans to improve, right? Individual players, position groups, the units. Um, cumulative effect is that your team, you know, um, needs to improve to play better. And, and I do think our team has gotten incrementally better. You know, I think we've improved in a lot of areas. Uh, but, you know, there's no question this will be a heck of a test, you know, of where we're at. Uh, certainly a top ten team in the country. You know, most people um, have that opinion. So we're excited, man. You know, I think uh, if anything, our players are anxious to get back out there and compete. You know, I, I have seen – I've been very impressed with our team and their attitude, you know, towards finishing the season. Will you hold your breath the first time you go out there to deep snap? <laughs> no, I mean, I was joking around with Paul on the practice field today. Uh, Paul be fine, man. He, he uh, tough conditions, you know, and then I think we've all had those types of days, you know. Sure. And uh, I was certainly fortunate to overcome a lot of that and uh, – but, you know, like I say all the time, sometimes the play callers have bad days. Sometimes the quarterback has a rough day. The left tackle, the punter, the place kicker, you know, we've had those, right? And I think that's why you're a team. I had right? a bad game this year, too. Sure. You so, go. you know, that's a, that's the a great thing about football, right? Um, it's a collective effort, right? One guy, you could play bad on offense and win the game because the defense and the kicking game plays well, right? We've done that this year. Uh, and certainly when the special teams have a rough day, 
if you've put it together enough on offense and defense, you can find a way to win games. That's one thing about our team now. We, we found lots of different ways to win. Uh, so Paul Boudreaux is the same guy that threw a strike on that 52-yarder to win it against Georgia Southern. I'll say that. There you go. I um, want you to make me a promise, and that's uh, when we get on the plane and that trophy's sitting there right next to you, you, me, and the trophy got to have a picture together. You'll do hey, that? Got work to do between now and then. Yeah, but I've already seen the movie. We're, we're okay. We're okay. But but you'll but you'll but you'll 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 pose with me. Okay, I got two Live thumbs up. From- we are out of time for tonight. I want to say thanks once again to uh, Matt Golston, uh, our engineer, Mark Pope, our producer, Brandon Como, brand manager at uh, KPL FM. Two thirty Saturday afternoon. Tailgate show starts at twelve thirty on ESPN fourteen twenty, and then uh, the Cajuns and Chanticleers for the Sun Belt Conference Championship. Good luck, Coach. All right, guys. Thank you all. All right. We'll do, uh, we'll do basketball next week. Good night, everybody. Meeting has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Ragin' Cajun Sports Network.